welcome to the LeBron and OD podcast. Today, Thursday, June 7th, 2018, from his friendly confines in the Dallas, Texas area, <laughs> as always, I am with the artist formerly known as Kyle LeBron. On Twitter, you can find him at Perfect Alpha. I am Brian O'Donnell from my luxurious middle-class home in, <laughs> in northern New Jersey. On Twitter, I am at BigOD5. So it's the day after Game 3 of the NBA Finals. It is. Between the Cavs and the Warriors. It was a a game, a competitive game, where the fourth quarter was maybe not so much for the ages. Uh, the The series may, in fact, be over. Oh, it's this over. Podcast tonight, this podcast tonight is going to essentially be focused on uh, you know, maybe the ninth out of 10 death nails that have been put into the Cleveland Cavaliers in the series. Uh, so we're basically just one nail away. Um, and I think it's going to be coming very soon. Um, maybe as early as tomorrow night. Yeah. We could be saying so, their eulogy right now in advance. We could, you know, the, <laughs> the 2018 Cleveland Cavaliers season was, it was some season. They lived a life that many could be proud of. They overcame life's challenges, or in this case, a season's challenges, many trades, the Isaiah Thomas debacle, the trade of Kyrie, to, uh, sorry, uh, the trade of uh, Kyrie to the Celtics, getting back essentially 25 cents on the dollar in return, <laughs> LeBron dragging a bunch of vagabonds to an NBA Finals, and all with that, throwing a game, throwing away game one. Yep. And... Probably game you know, three too. You could make the argument game three as well. Two double digit leads in, in during that game, and they let it slip away. What are your thoughts on last night's game? Oh man, so I have I have so many thoughts on last night's game, and you know, after game three, Kevin Durant deserves so much credit because he really killed them in the fourth quarter. Like he absolutely, and he killed them in the first quarter too. He kept Golden State in the game. Uh, Curry wasn't great. Clay Thompson wasn't great. Kevin Durant was phenomenal. And he, I feel like even today in the media, he didn't get enough credit, I feel, for a lot of what he did. Because you hear a lot, oh, LeBron doesn't get much help. LeBron doesn't get much help. LeBron didn't have a lot of help. Like you hear that so often. And yesterday, Kevin Durant didn't get the most amount of help from Steph Curry. Steph Curry didn't play like a unanimous MVP. Clay Thompson didn't play a big game. Andre Iguodala only had eight points. So it's not like he got a whole bunch of contribution from the starting lineup, which is something that LeBron fans frequently complain about. You know, yeah, I mean, Steph, Steph, Curry was, Steph Curry was abominable until yeah, late in the fourth quarter. Exactly. Like he, he truly was. He I mean, hit that the big guy, three. The guy was, oh, was he, oh for, he was 0 oh for 9. 0 oh for 9, yep. Early in the fourth quarter from three. So, look, you know, they, they brought up on the broadcast that guys like Ray Allen, some of the best shooters of all time, had gone 0 for 9 in NBA Finals. Yeah, and he did um, it, and Ray Allen did it after hitting eight three-pointers, which was the NBA record in the Finals at that point. So he did it right after he had a record-setting game, which is just like Curry. Curry had a, the record-setting game in Game 2, and he goes out and stinks it up in Game 3. So Ray Allen did the exact same thing. Yeah, I mean, the thing about the thing about basketball numbers is, over the course of uh, a large sample size, things balance out. 
So it's a law of large numbers. The the more or the, the larger the sample size, the closer you will get to the the average. And in this situation, as hot as Steph Curry has been in the series, game three was uh, was not his best performance. But I did feel like uh, in the fourth quarter when he had that three pointer, it was uh, a dagger. Man. Of, it was a dagger when when he got it to that sort of two possession lead uh, with only a couple minutes to go. That was just. Yeah, you know, I just felt like that was that was it. Well, when he the Cavs were not coming back, I agree. When he hit that three, he kind of like stuck the knife in. But when Kevin Durant hit his three, he twisted it. Man, he killed him at that point. That was the kill shot. Durant's three was sort of, you know, in the movie Gladiator, mm-hmm. when Commodus, you know, I mean, look, the movie is about fifth, you know, almost twenty years old. If <laughs> if anybody hasn't seen it yet, uh, spoiler alert. Commodus stabs Maximus before they go out for their battle. And he really digs it in there, twists, and then says, put his armor on. That was that was essentially Durant walking away from that shot. It yeah. Was, I've just I've just killed him. Take care of him. Boy. And it was so cold blooded too. He just looked in the crowd like like it's almost like he had just ripped their heart out. He put it in his mouth and chewed on it and just looking at them like I just killed your entire team, your whole season yeah, is over. Yeah, but you know what? So, so we can we can go back. Listen, me and you, or you and I, we completely differ on on Durant. Mm-hmm. I fully agree that from a basketball decision, it was the right move, but it was a cowardly move. Okay, and you can never convince me otherwise. It was. This is the team who just ripped your heart out in the conference finals. It is, and you turn around and join them. It's such a WWE move. It makes me so excited because you don't see things like that. You don't expect it. You just don't expect it. It made me so happy because, you know, this is one of the points that I have uh, in here. And I didn't necessarily think we were going to start here, but might as well. We're here. Kevin Durant is an absolute killer when it comes to scoring the basketball. Is he a better rebounder than LeBron? No. Better playmaker? No. But is he a better, like, score? Like, just can do things on the basketball court offensively that just are backbreaking. Yes, like he just is. Like LeBron, when the game gets tight, he can't make shots. And, you know, it was on display again yesterday. It's like all he can do is drive to the rack. And it's one of those things that drives me nuts. But let me pose this to you because there are two observations that I made from those two. I've come to the conclusion that the perfect athletic comparison to LeBron James is Peyton Manning because Peyton Manning is one of the top, in my opinion, he's the third greatest quarterback of all time. And if you look at the eye test and the statistics and the consistent dominance, you can make an argument. Peyton Manning is like the greatest quarterback ever, but I think you and I would both agree. Tom Brady is just different because in big games, big moments, he always produces and it doesn't matter how far he's down. You know, Peyton Manning was down to that Seattle Seahawks team when he had the greatest offense in NFL history lost, just got blown off the field. And, LeBron just reminds me of that. It's like you put up incredible numbers. You're a great basketball mind, but it's like, why are you losing to people you shouldn't be losing to? You're greater than these guys. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Am I crazy for thinking that LeBron and Peyton Manning is like a bad parallel? Like, is that? In terms of regular season dominance, I understand the comparison. Um, In terms of the fact that, you know, you look at every game in their career, not just, some of the the playoff disappointments, 
um, or you know losing the losing those contests where where you're sort of on par or favored against teams. Mm-hmm. In that sense, I I understand the uh, the comparison to Peyton. Where I would differ is I've always looked at LeBron as physically he's Aaron Rodgers. Okay, I'd agree I've, with that. I've been on this podcast before saying Aaron Rodgers is the greatest physical, just in terms of physical traits. He is, the best, he is the best pure, he is the best passer of a ball that I've ever seen from the quarterback position. Yeah. I understand John Elway had a really strong arm, and there's been a lot of guys who had really strong arms. But Aaron Rodgers, there's, He's there's different. not a throw that he cannot make. Mm-hmm. He has enough mobility where he's a danger throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. And just an overall physical talent, he is the best quarterback I have ever seen. On pure physical ability, I believe LeBron James is the best player I've ever seen. I'd agree with that. Just from a pure physical standpoint. Now, there's aspects to his game that I wish were more Michael Jordan or Tom Brady-like. That that true killer instinct. Now, he's developed more of a killer instinct. But, listen, going into this series, we were in my eyes, we were expecting a sweep or a five-game series. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we're on pace for that is not shocking at all. Yeah, but Cleveland should have won two that, games. I'm not going to put that... No, but that's not on LeBron. Listen, game one, LeBron puts up 51 points and loses because JR heard a poo. I mean, this is this is what happens when you're playing with clowns. There's only so much that one player can do. Even, even Michael in his prime, dropping 45 when the team scores 90, you can one player can only score at a maximum about half his team's points. Okay, so let me let's go back to game one then. This is where this is another point that I brought up because this happened again last night and I literally I almost flipped my couch over. Game is getting tight. We're at the end. We're in the final 90 seconds. Why is LeBron James passing the ball to Tristan Thompson? Can you explain that one to me? He did it last year with Kyle Korver. Kyle Korver bricks the shot. And I'm gonna get to Kyle Korver in a second because he had a great postgame quote, a tremendous one. And I that is going to be like my drop the mic moment because I think it summed up everything beautifully. But he passes to Kyle Korver. He tried to make a pass to George Hill. He's trying to, you can say he's empowering other people to make the plays, but would Kobe Bryant do, like, would Kobe Bryant have done that? Would Michael Jordan have done that? Like, in the big moment Look, when you know. Listen, the- those two guys, those two guys did not take every single shot. Like, when the Bulls won the 97 finals against the Jazz, who, who hit the dagger in game six? Kerr. Kerr. And yeah. why did he pass to Kerr? Because Kerr was the best shooter in the league. Yeah, but man, come on. You are and on so the... And so Kyle Korver is a guy who in his career is like shooting 50% from three. Yeah, but not like, in the big moment, though. He's not shooting 50% no, in the big moment. No, come on, dude. Come on. Oh, like, no, I can't. He's passing to a guy who is an all-time great spot-up shooter. Like, that's not irrational to do. Yeah, okay? but I can't. LeBron, LeBron was LeBron was off last night. Okay, he had the triple double, but my takeaway was this guy's driving to the basket because he can't hit a jump shot last night. His legs are absolutely gone from basically carrying this team to the finals. Yeah, but they played there good yesterday. A, they played good. Who played good? The Cavs. Like they Kevin Love was decent. Rodney yeah, Hood scored were, some points. They were competitive, but here. But here's why they didn't win. 
Here's why they didn't win. Because LeBron plays no defense. They needed LeBron to go score another 10 points, and he didn't do it. Oh, man. Uh, Dude. But it uh, wasn't as though he had a horrible game. No, I wouldn't say he had a horrible game. But here's my thing. I feel like LeBron, you know how we talked yesterday even about analytics going wrong? I feel like LeBron, it's the same thing. It's like, why can't you just play to win the damn game, man? Like, why are you, oh, I'm going to make the highest percentage play. Fuck all that, man. Go win the game, dude. Kobe, look, Kevin Durant was, you know who he relied on yesterday? Himself from 30 feet away. He's like, man, F Steph Curry. He's made one shot the whole damn game. I'm taking this crap and I'm going to win this game. You know, it's very easy to beat up on the teams that he's beaten up. You know, an injured Celtics team, the Toronto Craptors, but he got help last night. But listen, him and J.R. Smith, horrible on defense. The Golden State Warriors got so many dunks and layups in that game. It was unbelievable. And LeBron James, for as great of a player as he is, listen, you got to come off the— We killed Kevin Durant in game one because he wasn't coming off screens and not rebounding and stuff. Well, it was the same thing with LeBron, man. He's not getting it done. I I understand he's tired and all this stuff, but listen, it's no excuse. There's no excuse. You're the best player in the world. You're the self-proclaimed best player in the world. I think he's the best player in the world. But when it's crunch time— I don't want to hear analytics. I don't want to hear, ooh, Kyle Korver's the best shooter. F all that. Make the Kyle, damn play. Kyle, I Kyle, can't. Kyle, 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 Kyle. He's playing one against he's playing one against three. If you're talking about offensive players, he is playing one against three. Look. No, 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 no. Uh, there's no there's no, no looking. I'm gonna give you there's Kyle no, Corvers. We're, I'm we're not give doing you... we're not doing we're not doing the Stephen A. Smith oh, like Oh my goodness. You know, or or, or Skip Bayless <laughs> like hot take thing. I'm not. I'm telling they you were, the truth. They were gonna lose they were gonna lose this series in four or five games, no matter if LeBron dropped fifty points a game or not. There is too much firepower on the other side of the court. There's too much firepower. And you saw it last night. Durant was great. Curry yep. hit a couple shots late. And that's all they needed because two is greater than one. That's that's what it comes down to. And it always has been in the history of the league. If you have more star players than the other team, there is a 90% chance you're going to win the series. It's a fact. It's just a fact. Mm-hmm. So, and so no matter how great LeBron has been in these playoffs or this series, he can only do so much. And what we're seeing from him, and I think why his – I his think why his jumper work. is is affected is just it's exhausting. His system it's doesn't exhausting. work. Exhausting. His system is done. It's been figured it's not out. About the system, it's because Kyrie bailed out. Some an unnamed Cavalier did say yesterday they'd be up three zero if Kyrie was still there. An unnamed Cavalier said that. Well, well, okay. So you know what? So so don't be a don't be a schmuck and and say who the hell's like. If if you're the player that said that, admit you said it. No, I agree. You know I what? hate that. Because you know what? It's not it's not insulting to anybody. I I agree. It's not. It's we're all thinking it. You've been in two of the three games. Yep. You, you probably would have won those two games. You'd be up two one. You'd be up two one if Kyrie was on the team. But then again, would you? Because Kyrie ended up needing knee surgery. Yeah, there's truth to that. So Kyle like, Korver, there's no guarantee. Ky- I mean, Kyrie, Kyrie threatened in the offseason to sit out the whole season. He was going to pull, uh, he was going to pull Kawhi Leonard. So, so, so the guy ends up needing knee surgery, and all of a sudden, that's a shock. Like, no, I, there was something to that where his knee was clearly bothering him for an extended period of time. Yeah. So, like this whole thing with like, oh, if Kyrie was there, yeah, if Kyrie was healthy, absolutely <laughs> they would have a chance. Hell, because they... this Golden State team is like not in a good place right now. No, I agree. Like, they're they're going to win the title, but 
they're doing it because they have way more talent than everybody else. Dude, they were better last year. Of course they were better last year. Yep. So oh, they were better two and three years ago. No, I don't even disagree with that. So Kyle Korver made an interesting observation after the game. And I, you know, I think it further bolsters my point with what GM LeBron has done. Cause I, I, oh man, he's, he kills me with this. So Kyle Korver says that the way that those two teams are constructed makes it harder for the role players on Cleveland. Whereas, so this is what he says. If you're a role player on Golden State, all you need to do is crash the glass because their big guns being Durant, Curry, and Thompson make the outside shots. They make all the outside shots. With Cleveland, as a role player, you have to be waiting for the ball and hope that the three goes in when you do get your opportunity. But you can't get into a rhythm. You can't get anything. You look at the Warriors. Andre Iguodala getting dunks. Draymond Green had like five or six dunks. JaVale McGee getting dunks. Uh, Sean Livingston getting dunks. It's like these guys don't have to be outside shooters. Yeah, but do you want to, like so? So when you're a role player, okay, mm-hmm. it all could, Kyle. It all, it's just like what I said. It all comes back to who has more talent. Yeah, right? but their roles are the easier. More star players, the more star players you have, the easier it is to win. Why? Because the chances are one of them is going to go off. One of them is going to have a good game and one so-so. And the role players can be role players. But in Cleveland's situation, they need LeBron to essentially score 40 or 50 fucking game. And think about that. The only way they can win is playing great defense and LeBron goes and drops 45 again. Yeah, but it's the way they play, man. It's the style and the way they but play. But it's not about – listen, this is – they were put in this situation because they accepted the fact Kyrie wanted out. What they should have done was they should have played hardball and said, you know what, you want to sit out this season because of a knee injury? Go for it. Go for it and watch how people react to that, thinking you're full of shit. You want out? Tough shit. You signed a contract, you're stuck. I agree. they got to pull what San Antonio's doing. San San Antonio's not going to let Kawhi Leonard walk for nothing. Yeah, you think they're going to let him walk for 25 cents on a dollar? No. shot. (laughs) And it's ridiculous. I mean... If and when they do trade him, because I think that it'll, I think that it'll inevitably happen at this point. I think that they're gonna, they're probably gonna get a dollar fifty on their dollar. Well, I don't think they would let him walk otherwise. Yeah, I, exactly. I mean, they're gonna be, they're gonna get an overwhelmingly good, good trade. So I'm, I don't know. I think that that's a whole different situation itself. With that in mind, I do think that next season, LeBron, 100%, I've already concluded he's going to Houston next season. And Well, so he, he, he I'm not sure if you're going to get to this, but he said today, or maybe it was last night, but I read it today, that he says the way to beat the Warriors is a team of high basketball IQ. He goes, it's not just about physical talent, it's about mental talent. Duh. Those guys, they and know how to play listen, the game. That's not some sort of profound statement. I mean, that's common sense. Yeah. But what it comes down to is, I don't know if that's a, a veiled shot at guys like J.R. Smith where it's like, you know, fucker gets the rebound under the basket and, and doesn't put up the <laughs> shot. I mean, so he dribbles out the clock. Like, it's just you can't make mental mistakes if you're going to be Golden State. No, it's true. And he pretty much said that. He's like, we've played them this the fourth time now. And it's like, we beat them once. And that time, we just over those last three games, it just, everything was just humming. And, you know, some people are trying to read into it, like some quotes earlier in the season that Ben Simmons is a highly, one of the smartest players he's ever played against. And, but then at the same time, maybe he's insinuating that 
Houston with Chris Paul, James Harden, two very intelligent players. Yep. I'm 100% you know, certain he's going to Houston. I have a theory on it now. If he, uh, quite frankly, if to give himself the best chance to win, he's got to go to Houston. Look, I think that this is what it comes down to. The reason why I say this is because either he wants to beat Golden State or lose in the Western Conference Finals. He does not want to lose in the finals anymore. If he gets well, let there— me ask this. Well, let me ask this. What if he went to—what if Boston said, hey, we're going to ditch Marcus Smart. There's no way he's worth the crazy money that's being talked about. I mean, listen, I read an article today, okay, mm-hmm. some two days ago, for NBC Sports. They were saying how a guy like LeBron would would basically uh, command $36 million or something um, in terms of cap space. Because it was an article relating to the Bulls, right? Mm-hmm. And how the Bulls, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, is they are sneaky players in free agency. That... They they have a lot of flexibility in terms of the cap. Um, they have a minimum. Right now they have forty one million available. They have Robin Lopez in a expiring situation where he has one year left on the deal worth fourteen million, um, and then they have a couple of restricted free agents mm-hmm. uh, like Zach Levine that is like that they have to basically hold 9 million for. Okay. So basically you ditched, you managed to get rid of those two guys. You could cl- easily have over 50 million in cap space. And that's to go along with, you know, some young players and then get some veterans added onto it. They could be a player in free agency. Now that's beside the point. I sort of, I went off on a tangent there. The, uh, the, the homerism is coming out, but what it all came down to was where I'm going with this. Boston, if Boston lets Marcus Smart walk, there's talk Marcus Smart could command twenty over twenty million on the open market. Ooh, no way! On what fucking planet is Marcus Smart worth twenty million? <laughs> Not on Are my you planet, serious? that's for sure. The guy can't score. Yep, he's a gritty sixth man who plays defense. Are you kidding me? Any team who gives that guy that kind of money, that GM deserves what they're getting. Fired. He should not only be fired. He should be banned by the league office from ever holding a general manager position ever again. Yeah, it's too much like, cap space for him. That's crazy money. That's like giving Joakim Noah four <laughs> years, $72 million, when nobody else is offering him two years. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's crazy. Dude, it's crazy. I could not believe what I was reading. 26, $26 million. Are you shitting me? 26 <laughs> This guy doesn't deserve 10 Well... My God, I could go draft a guy. Uh, go, go draft me, Colin Sexton. Yep. Oh my God, the, the insanity! God, give me Jalen Brunson. I don't even <laughs> like Jalen Brunson, but uh, are you kidding me? Marcus Smart for twenty million, or Jalen Brunson for a rookie deal? Uh, hello, dude. Just, just absolute insanity. Like the the NBA, they keep talking about how the cap didn't go up, and and teams are in trouble, and yet I keep hearing these numbers being thrown around for some of these. For some of these players, and I'm thinking, are you shitting me? Are you really going to give that guy $20 million? No, that guy's you can't. A bu- he's not a bum, but he's a role player. You can't pay a role player $20 million. Well, this is why Danny Ainge is one of the best GMs, man. He knows when to get Let rid of Let him walk. Let him walk. Yeah, Let and that's what walk. he's going to do. And so, so you know what? And, you know, I had this conversation with somebody at work today. Mm-hmm. And the conversation basically was, what if Boston said, we're going to punt on all these free agents that we have? Like the the restricted guys, and we're gonna basically find a way to do like a sign and trade for LeBron. 
And we're going to pair him with Hayward, Kyrie. Obviously, there would have to be some mending of that relationship. Hayward, Horford, LeBron. Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum. Ooh, that's a lineup, man. It's a, it's a lineup. That team could win the title. That team could definitely win a title. That that's and quite the I lineup. think it would be and with the coach, I think they would easily be heavy favorites in the East, and with enough talent to do enough scoring, which is the biggest part, they could do the scoring to beat the Warriors, especially if the Warriors kind of get a little too comfortable. Because mm-hmm. they're kind of they're definitely heading down that road. This is this has been been one of the least impressive finals performances that I've seen from them. Um, so. Look, I know nobody has talked about Boston as a possibility. Uh, who knows if – honestly, nobody knows where LeBron's going. It's it's going to come down to cap space, who he wants to team up with. And yeah, I mean it, it's all about cap space and who he actually wants to play with. Maybe he wants to play uh, – maybe he wants to play with uh, Houston. Maybe he wants to play with Houston. Maybe he wants to stay in Cleveland and G- GM LeBron can try to work his magic. Yeah, I'm convinced that he's going to Houston, though, just because I think that he either wants to 100% win the NBA Finals or he wants to make sure that he loses to Golden State before the NBA Finals. I See, I don't know. I think, I think this uh, consecutive Finals appearances is sort of something that's important to him. I guess, and if man. He stays, if he stays in the East, he has a great chance to go to a ninth strip. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I just think that when the time comes, they'll ultimately he's going to either want to win or just not get there altogether. I don't know. I think he's going to want to give himself the best chance to win, and obviously he's going to go wherever he thinks gives him the best chance to win. Um, Houston is one of those teams. It's definitely, you know, what can Cleveland do with their – draft picks uh what can they do with um in terms of trades and free agency and uh then it's it's philly houston or maybe there's another team that we haven't thought of yet um who has a ton of cap space and has the flexibility to bring in multiple star players and maybe have a high draft pick i mean there was talk of san antonio as well i mean san antonio could be a dark horse i mean I think that the one knock on LeBron that I have is he's never played with like a high end coach. And I feel like that's, and Brad Stevens could be the coach too. I mean, as a matter of fact, in the game of zones, there was like a passing of the torch almost with uh, Brad Steve, uh, Greg Popovich to Brad Stevens. It's really, really funny. If you haven't checked it out, definitely please do. Yeah, I, I've not seen it. Um, I did, I did start watching it yesterday at your. At your recommendation, and uh, it was it was pretty funny. Um, uh, the one this past off season where uh, McCaw is it is that is that his name? Yeah, Pat McCaw. Pat McCaw is running up the stairs and telling Steve Kerr about, about all these moves, about how a future a future Hall of Famer has uh, is on the move, and it's a forty year old Vince Carter, Vince Carter <laughs> is going. <laughs> he's going to Sacramento, and, and Kerr goes. Come back to me when when you have something that actually matters. And then when he comes but back yeah, with the stuff uh, that matters, it's like we're not concerned. Totally, it's hysterical. I mean, it's 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 definitely worth the watch. Um, but yeah, in terms of the series, uh, just getting back to that, it's. I just think the series is over. I mean, the series is over, and what what more what we more have to look forward to is 
is the draft, is free agency, and I definitely think this is another offseason where things could be shaken up. Yep, where LeBron goes to Houston, I just think we get ourselves like at a, a Avengers Infinity Wars type situation, and that's kind of where we go. I mean, I think that's that's just where it's headed now. I mean, I think that it's just going to be a two-team race, kind of like it was this year, but now it's going to be LeBron joining the other team. Yeah, and I, I hate that. I just, I hate it. I, it just makes it just makes the the competitive competitiveness of the league just so watered down. It's it becomes unenjoyable. Uh, like we're talking about, you know, in the conference finals, we were actually like pretty. I felt like they were really competitive series. The finals has not been that way at all. Now, Golden State got paid. Golden State got paid to make it go seven games, man. Come on. Now, I don't know why the NBA is so resistant to the idea of restructuring the playoffs so that the basically in the end we get the two best teams. But, you know, for the last, you know, for, for a long time, you know, even in the early 2000s, you know, when the Nets were making the finals. You knew they were going to get crushed by the Lakers. Yeah, it's these were so much weaker. <laughs> that you just did never felt like they were actually going to win. Yeah, pretty much the East has been, you know, since Michael Jordan left, it's pretty much been, I mean, I know we had like the KG, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce big three, but other than that, it's been, I mean, the Pistons were decent for a while, but they only won one championship. Yeah, it's, they won one, and uh, Miami won uh, three. Uh, yeah, but that it, it's pretty much been LeBron James or bust in the East. Yeah, pretty much. I mean... LeBron's on your team, you have a chance to win. Yeah, that's um, just it. So, you know, it's, you know, LeBron's probably going to drop to three and six in the finals. Like we talked about on a, on a past podcast, it's, I'm not going to hold it against them because apart from that loss to Dallas in 2011, I never felt like he was a favorite that lost. The two against the Spurs were toss ups. They went one and one. They beat Oklahoma City in what many considered a toss up. Uh, yeah, no, they it were was heavy definitely favorites a toss against up. Dallas. Lost that one, and then the last four, as well as the first one against San Antonio, they were the underdogs. So I can't exactly say like, you know, he pulled one out of his ass two years ago. He did. I agree. And it, to me, that was his moment. That's his signature moment for his career. Yeah, I mean chasing down chasing down Curry for the block was and probably the as well. moment of his yeah, career. Absolutely. It really was. It was it was just an unbelievable moment where he essentially won the game. Um now, if by some grace of God he managed to overcome a three oh deficit against this team, that would be the greatest achievement I think in the history of the, the NBA. Yeah, I think that would pretty um, much cement him as the GOAT period and that would be it like if he could single-handedly do that i don't think that's going to happen but look i've never truly hated lebron or should i say sports hate lebron but he's a great player he truly is one of the best like you know two players or three players definitely of all time. no doubt i i totally agree with that that's and, why i get frustrated you know, when he just oh just do it just in the big moment just do it don't pass the friggin' tristan thompson man don't oh i hate that <laughs> Like you, this is why it bothers me. Like Brian, this is why I get so mad because he's the only one with a damn legacy on that team. Like no one's going to question him if he 
takes every shot in the fourth quarter. There was no one on that team with the stature to be like, LeBron, don't do that. Like, not Pass even Tyron Lue. Yeah. Not, not even Tyron Lue. He could fire Tyron Lue mid-game if he wants. Like, he could just go up, go, go to the locker room. You're fired. And that's it. He's got that type of control. And that's why I get frustrated because it's like you have an ability as far as, like, talent, just everything. You're you're better than everybody. And when it's, like, the biggest moments, it's like you're still trying to play team basketball. Hell with all that, man. Just get it done, man. Like, you're the guy. But, again, I do understand. He's definitely tired at the end of these games because he is absolutely carrying these guys. I don't love their system. I'm sick and tired of Teron Lou being the coach. He needs to get rid of him or find a coach that can actually coach. Because uh, seeing the way that they were playing that defense down the stretch with – Basically, they were switching Kevin Love and Kevin Durant. Oh yeah, every time. I mean Mark, Mark it, Jackson touched on it. A it bunch, was and it was absurd, it was criminal. It was criminal. I mean, you're leaving Kevin Love one on one with Kevin Durant. I mean, what do you think is going to happen? Swish swish. That's what's going to happen. I, I you know I've I've brought this up several times over the course of these playoffs. I don't know when this became a thing, but teams don't teams only switch. They only switch on defense on these pick and rolls, like. I mean, am I missing something? There used to actually be a concept of playing the screen really hard where you hedge the screen. You basically, you know, the big man fights through the screen. He pops up. He stops the guard from shooting the three and then drops back down with the big man. So basically you're not switching and you're not, you're basically fighting through the screen and you're not going under the screen so the guy can drop a three in your face but you're basically forcing a hesitation where nothing ends up coming of the, of the screen. And instead of this, they're, they're just switching. They switch, and all of a sudden, you have guys one-on-one on an island. And I understand that the overall goal is this positionless basketball. But when you have Kevin Love trying to defend Kevin Durant, that's a problem. Yeah, his athleticism is just not, it's just not good enough, man. Like. Kevin Love, we talked about him yesterday. If Kevin Love can't guard somebody late in the game, get him off the floor. Bro, I have that in my notes right here. It's like if Kevin Love is getting destroyed by Kevin Durant and you don't call LeBron out for these switches, take Kevin Love out of the game. Like that, that literally I have that typed out just like that. It is criminal to me that you're going to put a player. And listen, Kevin Love's an all star caliber player, but you know, we talk about the different tiers the MVP caliber tier, uh, the all star tier. NBA starter tier and then bench players and G League type players. I mean, Kevin Love, four star type player. He's on the second tier of players. Kevin Durant is tier one, clearly. And you cannot put a player that, you know, is just an all star caliber player. We're not talking like a dominant all star. We're talking about he puts up nice numbers, but we're not talking about someone that changes the trajectory of your team. Like if they replace Kevin Love with someone else who's like equal to him, Cleveland would be just fine. It wouldn't make much of a difference, but oh, I don't know. I blame Teron Lou for that more than anything. That's his fault. You have to you got to do something. You got to get him out the game. You got to, you know, yell at LeBron and tell him freaking fight through those picks. Like something's got to happen cuz LeBron would just switch off and then Kevin Durant would just destroy Kevin Love. But see, that's that's a tactical that's a tactical choice. Yeah, Teron Lou's fault. Like that's not you know, that's not some random thing that happens. No, it's not. No, that's I, I agree. That's something that they're instructed to do. And you have to make that adjustment. You you have to. 
Yeah, but Steve Kerr's the one making adjustments at halftime, and it just seems like Lou doesn't do anything. Like they just come out and play the same game, and then they do the same thing: run out of gas in the fourth quarter. Golden State blows by them, end of game. Boom. That's it. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's unfortunate for it's unfortunate for Cleveland that they're so overmanned. They're they're no, really I agree. overmanned. I do agree. I mean, we're talking about you know we're t- we're talking about guys like you know we we talked about. Uh, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. last night. Yeah. About how maybe his comp is Tristan Thompson. Um, you're talking about Tristan Thompson, J.R. Smith, George Hill, uh, Kyle Korver, Kevin Love, and LeBron. That's your essentially your your closing group of six players. Like, oh, you know. Yeah, woof. you don't shit your pants with it's, it's, those uh, guys. You know, it's uh, Home Alone Buzz, <laughs> your girlfriend. Woof. I mean, that's that's what it is. It's what do you expect? I mean, what do you expect? It's the other hand on the other side of the, on the other side of the aisle, you get four supermodels and some role player like Andre Godala. Yep. Like that's, that's what you're dealing with. It's, it's just, they're overmatched. And there's a reason why people thought it'd be four or five game series going into it. And this is what happens when you're overmatched. LeBron doesn't truly have that second banana that can score against anybody. Nope. It's the truth. I agree with that completely. I mean, there's some truth and you know to what? It. If they still had Kyrie and Kyrie was healthy, they absolutely against this Warrior team could be ahead. They could win the title again. They, they could. could. They could be ahead two one. Yes. Yep, I agree with that. Uh, so all time then, let's say LeBron never wins another title again, and let's say Kevin Durant's able to go on to win four or five with this team because apparently he's going to opt out and resign again this off season. Doesn't Do- matter. Doesn't matter to me. Uh, I don't care if Durant wins four or five titles with this team. He will never be ahead of LeBron in my eyes. Never be ahead. No chance. Never. Never. Because, because, look, LeBron, LeBron absolutely left Cleveland to go to Miami and join forces with somebody, join somebody else's team. He did do that and he did win two titles. But where I, the issue that I found with it was when LeBron left Cleveland, he was playing with a horrific roster and single-handedly was responsible for the team winning 55, 60 games during the regular season. I mean, you could almost say the same thing though, that Durant had to suffer. No, playing with no, 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 but, but, he, but he had another all, he had another all NBA player playing alongside. Now, whether, whether the guy became toxic or not is a different story. But he had, there was talent on that team. And he chose to leave and play the team that they shit the series away against. No, there's truth to a that. Blowing a 3-1 lead. They blew that. a 3-1 lead, and it was their own fault that they blew that 3-1 lead. Indeed, I agree. Anytime you blow a 3-1 lead, it's because you fucking blew the lead. I agree. That's the reality. You need to win one game out of three. Win one. That's it. Instead, I agree. he goes and joins joins the arch nemesis. <laughs> okay. And starts and, and starts winning a bunch of titles. A team who was already listen. I could understand if this team that you were playing against was winning fifty five games and they were eking out series. You joined a team that won sixty seven and seventy three games over a two year stretch of time. That's 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 cowardice. It's cowardice. Uh, I just think it's the only basketball move, man. No, That's it's it. Not, listen, it's not just about that. It's the fact that 
Kevin Durant basically doesn't have to break a sweat. He listen, LeBron has to show up every single game in these playoffs for Cleveland to win. He has to show up. Durant didn't show up for the first two games. No, he was there in game two. I mean, he's averaging like 33 no, points a game. Listen, that's because he put up 43 the other night. <laughs> 33 game on 56% shooting. Dude, dude. 56%. Go back to the, go back to the Houston series. He shows oh, up. No, for the I agree. Games. He wasn't there he's, at, he's, towards the end. He's literally a ghost. I mean, they, they, they literally had to put out a missing person report. I know. I saw him on a milk card and I bought it. Yeah. Where was he? Where was he? And, and, and then they get to the finals and really is doing nothing. Then drop, you know, drops. He just, he dominates game three. And oh, God, isn't Durant amazing? He is. No. Listen, he joined a team where he didn't have to show oh, up every goodness. single night. He joined a team where he didn't have to show up every single night. He chose the easy way out. You know what? Think about this. If this is the early 90s, okay? Okay. What if Carl Malone said, you know what? I'm going to take the easy way out. I'm going to get out of Utah, and I'm going to go join Michael Jordan. Or I'm going to go join Hakeem Olajuwon, and maybe I'll go. I'll win a title. I will, we're going to create a team that's going to win. Let me tell you what all these old-timers. That would never love, have happened. Love, no, I because disagree. Because those guys wanted to be the guy. I almost disagree with that because I think that a lot of these folks are sitting around, especially people like Carl Malone who didn't win anything and is saying, shit, I should have did that. But that's exactly what they're thinking. Folks like I Charles disagree. Barkley. I totally I disagree. Sooner. I totally disagree. Um, I don't think Barkley sits there looking at these guys who go join, join teams to create super teams and say, I should have done that. Now listen, Barkley did do it when he was like 35 years old and couldn't freaking run anymore. He did do it. He went to Houston. He should have did it sooner. When they were coming off two titles. But he tore his patella, mm-hmm. and that was the end of him. Should have did who it knows sooner. What would have, who knows what would have happened with them had he not gotten injured. Maybe they would have ended up facing off against the Bulls. We don't know. But Barkley didn't do it until he was chasing a title really late in his career. He didn't do it in his fucking 20s. Look, he had to get, look. Like I said, as far as the teams that were options out there, waste of time with a lot of them. Look, this is, I think, what drove Kevin Durant nuts. He got to see Kawhi Leonard, who, you know, a lot of people consider Kawhi Leonard one of the top, you know, five or so players in the NBA. Pretty good player. More than pretty good. Very good player. He's like, man, I'm better than this guy. I can be better yeah, than dude, this guy. No, no, dude, 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 dude. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You, are you serious with this? You're, I'm very you're serious. Compa- you're comparing joining a team that's a 73-win regular season team that just lost Game 7 in the NBA Finals. You're comparing joining that team, a team who's already won a championship, to Kyrie playing with a 78-year-old Tim Duncan, a 67-year-old Manny Ginobili, <laughs> And a 99-year-old Tony Parker that somehow outlasted them all to winning a title because he single-handedly was just an absolute glove on defense. Ka- Kawhi Leonard was the best player on that Spurs team that won that championship. Well, and Kevin Durant's the best player on this Warriors team winning championships now. It is what it is. Yeah, but he, he's but he's not the catalyst. He's not. Well, they look, were winning titles without it him. It doesn't matter. They no, weren't going to sustain it. They weren't going to sustain it. They weren't going to sustain it. Serious with this? I'm very you can't serious. Be serious with this? It's the only. What other move is he going to make? He's going to go to Washington, stay in Oklahoma City with Russell Westbrook. Come on, man. He had to leave. It was the. It was the only thing for him to do. He could have went to Boston. He no, could have went to he Boston. He didn't have to go to he Boston. He wanted out. He could have went to Boston. Nope. 
Don't waste your time going to Boston. <laughs> Go to Golden State and start winning, man, from day one. Oh, I'm yeah, 20 so, years. So let me ask this. Let me ask you this, right? Mm-hmm. It's sort of like, I mean, there's no better. It's the, the NBA with the, the diving and the, you know, just the antics with the, the players, especially with the flopping and everything else. It is so much like soccer. It is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And the last number of years in soccer, since like at least 2012, let's say, the money that the the money that the top teams have has become silly money relative to that tier two set of teams. Okay. You know, so if you look at the Champions League, the top like six or seven teams probably revenue wise generate two or three times as much money as teams eight through 16 and relative to teams 17 to 32 we're talking about like six times seven times as much money Mm -hmm. and i've had this conversation with with you know various soccer fans as, as well as my dad on many occasions okay and right now teams like real madrid barcelona uh, all these sorts of teams, mm-hmm. Bayern Munich. They weren't winning every single Champions League back in you know ten years ago. And why was that? Well, because you had players who played for teams like like a Henrik Larsson, right? Henrik Larsson played for Celtic for seven years, a Scottish team for seven years. Yep. A guy like Gabriel Batistuta, the best player in Argentina played for Fiorentina, who was finishing like fifth place in Italy for a decade. You had great Italian players playing for Roma, uh, Inter Milan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had great German players playing for Borussia Dortmund. And, like, you know, guys guys actually cared about being adored by one set of fans. And in the last number of years, what we've seen are star players have gone to these basically oligarchs, these teams that just have unlimited money supplies and they are willing to sit on the bench. They are willing to sit on the bench for those paychecks and quote unquote win champions leagues, even though they have nothing to do with winning it. They're not the guys anymore. Like guys used to play for, for slightly smaller teams to be the guy and not be the fourth striker making twice as much money. It actually mattered to them that they would be respected as a player and be the guy on a team. And now it's the exact opposite. And the same thing has infected the NBA. It's Diving the- started in soccer and it's gone to the NBA. And it's the same thing with, with players, quote-unquote, joining forces. No, I, I mean, there's truth to Real that. Real Madrid and Barcelona have literally won every fucking Champions League for the last like decade, apart from like two. Like, think about that. <laughs> no, Two they're... teams basically alternating. Yeah. And the, the sickening aspect of it is, oh, you know what? We already have the best rosters. Let's go spend another $100 million on a player. <laughs> like, you know, silly money. It's silly money. It doesn't make any sense. And the player goes, oh, you want to pay me twice as much salary to go sit on your bench? Okay. I mean, it's crazy. It's absolutely insane. <laughs> there... it's, it's There's countless players on these teams. I mean, there's countless players on these teams that 
would be the star player and potentially taking their teams to quarterfinals, semifinals, and potentially finals, and they choose to go join their enemy just just to make money and quote unquote win. But but you're not doing anything special. You're not you're not the reason your team is winning. You're just along for the ride. No, I'm pretty certain Kevin Durant was the reason why they were winning last night. Yes, last night. But what about what about the last two games? All right, game two and game one, Steph Curry. Stop, stop, stop. I'm, stop. Look, uh, look, the thing is we'll the media— never, Listen, I'm telling you this right now. We will never agree on look, this. Look, there are certain things we'll never agree on. This is one of this them. This is one of them. This is one of them. To me, it was a, a cowardice decision. And you know what? Part of me, part of me hopes Golden State gets what's coming to them. Another championship, they're going to hoist the yeah, trophy well, on Friday. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about in the future. <laughs> I mean, because that's what's going to happen, man. It's like I hope they get what's oh, coming to them. God. It's like it's like it's like a it's like a freaking cakewalk on a regular basis. No, they had it's, to struggle against the Houston boring. Rockets. You can't tell they me had to struggle boring. against the you Houston Rockets. Listen, it was listen. riveting basketball. I know, I know that. Just like our podcast, every single show, television show, they all try to make every single situation seem so dramatic. But if anybody went into these playoffs, just like we talked about it going into the playoffs, we've talked about this on the podcast. Golden State was going to win the title from the very beginning. Yeah, but we're, are these Nobody games highly intriguing? Don't look, don't you love seeing LeBron pass the ball to Tristan Thompson at the end of these games, passing the ball to George Hill for him to miss a damn free throw? Like, isn't that intriguing basketball? J.R. Smith, now he's like in the Bill Buckner territory of players all time. After this, this is great. This is great. It's entertaining. I love it. I, I, I <laughs> what can I say? It's <laughs> dude, it's it's so fun. Like maybe it's just because I'm getting the outcome that I want. Maybe that that is what makes it more enjoyable. But you know, it's like so. Your your love of Golden State at this point is like my bizarre love of the Patriots. Even though I'm not a fan of the team necessarily, I have such a soft spot for the players on the team that I want them to win. Yeah, there's no doubt. And other people look at me like I'm absolutely insane. But that's I that's it. how They're I feel, and that's, that's how you are with the Warriors. The Patriots are to me as the Warriors are to you. Look, and I don't mind and, if, the, if the Patriots win either, to be honest, because— And the look, only reason I, just think I don't gotta, truly hate—the only reason I don't hate the Warriors is because, deep down, I still love Clay and Steph Curry. I, I really love do. Clay Thompson, man. He's but, probably drinking a beer right now. It, but damn it, man. Damn it. Draymond and, and Durant—and Durant—listen, nobody, okay? Listen, I, I, I did student radio in college. There's, this, there's evidence of this. Nobody loved Kevin Durant coming out in that draft more than me. Nobody loved Kevin Durant for the first like seven years of his career than me. Okay, but when he chose to go go to Golden State, I didn't hate him, but it definitely soured me a little bit. He was such a muscular move, man. He's like, man, f all these guys. So muscular, it reminds me of when he couldn't bench 185 pounds Look. coming out of the in the NBA draft. Not that it mattered. He, he it mattered. probably still can't bench 185 pounds. He probably pounds. still can. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he's maxing out 205 these days. Yeah. But it's crazy. It's absolutely insane. So, unfortunately, uh, I think the series is over. Um, if by some miracle there's a comeback. I then think at this point the formality is just where does Golden State want to win it? Embarrassing. 
You know, where does Golden State want to end it is the question at this point. Do they want to end it in Houston or Houston? Do they want to end it in Cleveland or do they want to end it in Golden State? That's pretty much where we're at now. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It it's just one of those it's just one of those things. We'll see how it uh we'll see how it all shakes out. Um so I think that that pretty much ties a bow on on this podcast. We'll be back uh perhaps after uh, the series is wrapped up uh tomorrow. Um well, the series should be wrapped up tomorrow if, if uh, I'm putting money on it. Um after that, uh we'll be back to wrap up the series preview the off season. And then, uh, sometime late this, uh, probably early next week, uh, maybe Tuesday night into Wednesday morning, we should have another podcast up. That's a world cup preview. Oh yeah. Um, I will be out of town this weekend. So it'll most likely be the early part of next week that we get that world cup preview, uh, set up. Awesome. Um, So excited for the world cup, man. Before, before we close, there is one final bit of business that we do have to get to. Very important bit of business. It's a it's a very important bit of business, and we talked we talked last night or yesterday, I should say, mm-hmm. about how we don't give out many white sauce awards. And I texted you earlier today about the news that Terrell Owens was going to basically decline the offer to show up to his own Hall of Fame his induction. own induction at the Hall of Fame. And, you know, I, I took a little nap on, on my bus home from work. And when I woke up, I had this epiphany. And I said, I can't believe I didn't see this a half hour ago. This, this is a stroke of genius. Instead of being a bitter asshole in front of everybody, he's going to decline. And because he's doing that, he's not going to embarrass himself during the, the yep, podcast, which right? is what like I'm during the during the speech. And that's yep. what that that was your takeaway. Yeah, I'm I'm afraid of him my doing take that. Away, my takeaway was slightly different. My takeaway was, oh my god, this is this is genius. These guys jerked him around for a couple of years when he was clearly a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yep, and instead. He's now going to jerk them around by being the only player not to go to his own induction. Yep, who's living? It, oh, it was so good. Oh God, yeah. Anyone else who hasn't, it's like their kid comes and talks for them. They're dead. But <laughs> like this dude is going. I'm going to celebrate in another location. What does that even mean? He doesn't have the location yet. Like he, he in his tweet. It doesn't even indicate that he even knows what he's going to do. He's just, I'm not showing up. That's I'm what he's saying. I'm just not showing up. Like basically, like you, you jerked me around. I'm going to jerk you around. You know what? Maybe he ends up, maybe he ends up showing up anyway. Maybe, maybe this is all just to be dramatic about it. Dude, that's just it. You know, come in in a helicopter or something. It's like amazing. Shake some pom poms. Sign a <laughs> sign. A, sign sign his uh, bronze bust with a, a sharpie pen. Um, oh, it'd be so good. Listen, incredible. Terrell Owens was done wrong initially. There, look, there are certain players that just pass the eyeball test. Like you can clearly see they're dominant. I mean, Terrell Owens, uh, I think on NFL Network's like top, like ten wide receivers of the 2000s, they had him number three, and I was kind of scratching my head a little bit with that. Uh, I mean, him, Marvin Harrison, and Randy Moss were clearly the most dominant wide receivers, but statistically, those guys. And not even so much those guys. I felt like Marvin Harrison was like 
just a little bit below. Because here's here's my thing with Marvin. He had Peyton Manning throwing in the ball, like a prime Peyton Manning, too. We're not talking like the last season of the Broncos Peyton Manning. We're talking like absolute apex Peyton Manning, which is one of the all-time greats. Randy Moss had a couple years of Tom Brady, uh, the one obviously 07 year, but he had like Dante Culpepper, a couple like average quarterbacks. And then Terrell Owens had some decent quarterbacks, not like incredible world beaters. I mean, Donovan McNabb was a pro bowler. He's a pretty good quarterback, but we wouldn't say he was like a uh, a gunslinger or anything like that. Tony Romo yeah. was pretty good. I'd consider him more of a gunslinger, but this was a little bit older T.O. And Jeff Garcia, eh, he was okay. He was a pretty good quarterback. But again, we're not talking about a world beater over here. So what he was able to accomplish with the caliber of quarterbacks he was playing with and you know, especially the level of players he'd go up against. You know, I remember a couple of games like he absolutely destroyed Champ Bailey in individual games. I mean, where I'm just like, oh my god, the guy scored three touchdowns with 216 yards on the Broncos, unbelievable. So it's just one of those things that I'm finally relieved that he got in the Hall of Fame because it was one of the things that really like hurt my heart because I love To love him more than. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I'm like ordering Christmas ornaments. I love Terrell Owens. Like, oh goodness, man. I enjoyed playing as the 49ers. Anytime he was in Madden, I'd always want to play with T.O. on. Oh, I know. I, I was on the <laughs> I was on the beatdown end of many losses to to Terrell Owens and some decent 49er teams. Uh oh my goodness. Love me some T.O., man. So I'm glad he got in. I'm glad he's not showing up because they don't deserve it. He should have been. They don't first deserve. They, they don't. They did. They have not earned his his appearance. Like you need to be deemed worthy of him showing up, and he felt that that should not be the case. Because quite frankly, they did dick him around. You know, yeah, they, they did they, him wrong. They, they jerked him around. They did him wrong. And you know, there's there's a lot of other assholes. And heck, there's even most there's even probable murderers yep. in the Hall of Fame, and those guys weren't dicked around the way T.O. was. So it's, you know, it's, uh, See, the, the move, the move is nothing short of bizarre, but also it's just a total boss move. It's a total white sauce move. I mean, it's, it's not just a little white sauce. I no, mean, it's a lot of white he, sauce. <laughs> he, he drowned, he drowned that street meat in an extra white sauce. That's right. And it's, uh, honestly, it's, it's very deserving um, and not just for T.O., but for some of the other players who are very deserving of being in the hall and are not in the hall. I, I, I've said this for a long time. Uh, baseball likes to be very dramatic about their Hall of Fame. Yep. And uh, they like to dick people around for a long time. Um, and then the, in the end, they end up letting guys in 15 years later uh, that probably don't belong. Uh, the NFL is like the exact opposite. They make guys wait that have no business waiting. They should be first ballot. They were all pros like six or seven times in their career, and somehow they have to stay on the ballot for five years. It's, yeah, it's it just makes no ridiculous. sense. Makes, no, makes sense. no sense. And so they're, they, they're basically— uh, I mean, Tio had more first-team all-pros than Randy Moss, and Randy Moss got in first time. Now, I understand Randy Moss is definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer. I'm not trying to say that Randy Moss is not, but how is Tio going to be waiting three times when he had more all-pros than Randy Moss? I totally agree with you. So um, there's, there's no justification for it. Um, they were both assholes. I think the only <laughs> difference was was that – no, it, it's true. I mean they were both assholes. No, absolutely. I think the, only difference, the only difference was was that uh, you know, Moss sort of had that 
He's with the media now, man. He's, yeah, with, he's the media. with the media now. He's with the media now. So he's, he's made some friends and he's become, he's viewed sort of as because of his time in new England and the fact that he was able to behave himself for like two and a half years, that sort of changed people's opinions on him. Look, I saw that, that's him. really what it was. He had such a good, he had such a good time in new England that people basically just forgot that he was such a dick in Minnesota and in Oakland and in Tennessee, everywhere. And, and even and you know, non-factor a dick in San Francisco. the 49ers, man, not factoring that Super Bowl. F that guy. Complete Grant. non-factor. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, white sauce of Terrell uh, Owens. Congratulations, white my sauce man. Terrell Owens. Congratulations. You are the, uh, the third winner of the white sauce award. And hopefully there will be many more to come. Indeed. Um, so we'll get to the uh, we'll get to game four of the finals uh, and the World Cup preview uh, in the early part of next week. For Kyle LeBron, uh, uh, sorry Kyle Don, I was about to say, uh, I'm losing my mind here. For <laughs> Kyle LeBron, who on Twitter is at Perfect Alpha, uh, and for myself Brian O'Donnell at Big OD Five on Twitter, uh, hit us up uh, if you have any questions. Uh, things you would like us to discuss on the podcast. Yep. Uh, we're happy to do so. And uh, just, uh, you know, uh, if you like the podcast, uh, give subscribe. us some reviews, some downloads, subscribe, and, uh, you know, get the word out there about the uh, the podcast. And uh, we look forward to being back in just a couple of days. Uh, we'll, we'll see you uh, in just a couple of days. Take care, folks.